found that joy. Amen. That never-ending joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but if you find something good to eat, you like to eat it. Amen. If you find something good to drink, you like to drink it. There's nothing better than being in the presence of Almighty God. And I like being in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. You can turn your Bibles to 2 Samuel 23 and verse 14. Amen. Just want to welcome Sister Mary Ivy that's here with us tonight. And let's make her welcome. And so glad you could be with us. May God bless you. Amen. I know we're doing a lot of things preparing for a new couple to unite. And amen. Looking forward to that. Amen. I ask you to be remembering me and Sister Ruth. Uh, we'll be sh- uh, flying out in the morning, uh, going to Edmonton. I have three services this weekend up there, so remember us in that. And Lord, that God had just moved in His people. Amen. Because I believe the, the, the revival is on all over the world. And uh, if I can do something to go stir up or do whatever, I, I'm going to do everything that I have. Amen. And, amen. And take what I've got and Go use it. So we just ask the Lord to move in that situation there in the church and, and um, just keep us in your prayer. Second Samuel 23 and verse 14, it said, And David was then in a hold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. Amen. We'll let you be seated. You know, it's... Here some time ago, my wife reminded me that I spoke on the sound of freedom, and, and it was uh, just the, the day before, July the 4th. And tonight, <laughs> I didn't even think about it, this coming up Halloween, but I'm, my title tonight is Scarecrows. Amen, Scarecrows. Um, just looking at this, this scripture, uh, we know the story, and it's a wonderful story of David as he was fighting with the Philistines, and they had, as we read here, had garrisoned themselves or surrounded Bethlehem. And we know of how that he wanted a drink of water that was there, and, and the wonderful thing that happened of the, of the three mighty men. One took a bucket and another sword and shield and whatever, went and fought through somewhere around 15 miles of Philistines to bring him back a drink of water. And you know, it's, it's the way the devil is, it's the way the enemy is. The reason why they would go and garrison themselves around, listen, they're not going to go somewhere where there's nothing of worth. They're going to go somewhere that something is important. And so we know in the scripture here, as we would read, if we would continue, what was important there was it was water there. And in that land, you know, it's a land that's a, a, a lot of desert, you know, being there in Israel it's a lot of desert land, and, and the Bible would say how they would make the desert bloom. And so water was something that was very important. You can imagine in a war and, and getting hot and all the things that would take place and, 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 and putting out all the energy that you would have to have the water to live and to survive. And so when an army goes in to conquer, they try to take the strategic places. You know, they don't go and take places that isn't important or that is no benefit to either side. They're not going to sit out there around a little pine tree somewhere and say, whoo-hoo, look what I got. No, there's going to be something there of importance. 
And, you know, so the enemy camped there to stay, amen, to try to keep David and his men from the water, from the life that was there. And, and also there's a lot of spiritual aspects of this, of Bethlehem being the house of, of God's bread and the waters of life. And you can hear Brother Branham minister on those things. You know, but the reason why they was there, because uh, there was something good there. You know, and our enemy today doesn't have warplanes or bombs or bullets or shields or swords. Uh, he's just a bluff. Uh, as we, our title, he's a scarecrow. He places scarecrows around the blessings of God to try to keep us from them. Amen. But amen, as we heard Sunday, freedom has been released. Joy has been released. The word has been released and he'll never stop it and he never will. He never has and he never will. So just as the trumpet blew and released freedom to a slave and the slave owner couldn't do anything about it, we in this day, the seals have came off the book and has opened up to us. Our liberty has opened up to us to see that our names are written there in that land. And once the mighty angel took the seals off the book, there ain't a devil in hell that can put them back. And so, you know, he comes and he tries, though, to come around these promises of God and, and to keep you from them. He wants to put something there. You know, he'll put, he'll put a scarecrow of holy roll or fanaticism or emotion or whatever to try to keep you from getting the real blessing of God. You know, and, and Brother Brandon would talk about this. He said, you know, I, I had some butter beans that I was planting and this old groundhog kept coming up behind me and eating my butter beans. And he said, I'd plant them, and no sooner I'd get them planted, here he'd come right behind me, picking them right out of the ground. So I thought I'd fix him up, and he said, I, I, I said I'm going to fix you up, young man. He said, I got me a sack, and he said, I painted a big old ugly picture on it, and I tried to make it as ugly as possible. And he said, brother, I'm a, I'm a long ways from being an artist, I can tell you that. He said, I was trying to teach one night on a chart, and I drew a picture of a dog, and nobody knew what it was. And he said, I had to write on top of it, this is a dog. <laughs> Amen. So you can imagine what this picture looked like, this great, big, ugly thing with ears and everything. And I put it out there in this row of butter beans, and I tie, put some beans inside of the sack and tied it to the, where the wind would blow it. And he said, boy, he's going to see that, and he's going to run. And so he said, I got my binoculars and I sat a ways back and I was watching this all take place and hear this, this groundhog come out and he came to the sack and he stopped and he looked at it and he kind of looked this way and looked that way and that old ugly picture staring at him and he backed off and he didn't come back up to it. And he said, that old butter beans behind him, you know, is still calling his name and he's like, I got to get past this somehow and he's studying this to see if it's real and Pretty soon he got enough courage and he said, old groundhog walked up there and he smacked it with his paw and it rattled a little bit and he jumped back and he smacked it again and it rattled. He realized it wasn't nothing real so he walked around it and he started eating butter beans. And he said, we ought to have as much sense as a groundhog. He said, absolutely. Let me tell you, when you see an old scarecrow standing out, remember that's just a dinner bell. <laughs> right behind it lay something good. He said, when people say they're, but they're nothing but a bunch of holy rollers and nothing but a bunch of fanatics, right behind that lays a real kernel of God. Amen. Right there lies the real power of the Holy Ghost, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the devil will try to put all kind of scarecrows out, but don't just pay, don't pay attention to any of it. Amen. You just keep on eating butter beans. 
Hallelujah. Just keep on in the goodness of God. He said, I remember one time going down the road and he said, I seen a bunch of crows or blackbirds, some kind of bird squawking and going on. I thought, what's the matter? And there was a man lived there and he really loved birds. And so he had a wild strawberry patch and wouldn't let nobody bother it. And he kept it for the birds. And he went to Florida one year and he didn't get back in time. And some fellow wanted to pick those berries. So he put an old scarecrow out there with all them birds making it their habit to come there every year. They come and found this patch was now guarded by a big old scarecrow. And he said some of them birds were sitting way up on the trees, some sitting on the telegraph wire, some sitting on the poles, some streaming. They was just squawking and carrying on about this and thought, well, isn't that amazing? Look at that. And I thought, what is going on? But he said, right there on the arm of that scarecrow was sitting two birds eating a belly full just as hard as they could go. And I thought, well, isn't that something? He said, I could just preach a sermon on that. That's right. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the good man has prepared all good things from his choice church. And some of them, somebody's come along and put a scarecrow in it. And he said, some of them will set back off and say, I tell you, I don't believe in no such a thing as that. I believe that's just a bunch of fanaticism. I believe that's just a bunch of holy rollers. He said, others come down on the telegraph wire and say, well, I would believe, but my church won't at me. One sitting on this side streaming saying, I believe days of miracles are past. There's nothing to it. Another one sitting over there saying, tss, tss, tss. nothing but a bunch of emotion. He said, but brother, there's no condemnation to them that are in the patch. Hallelujah. Them that's in the Pentecostal blessings, them that's been the spirit is poured out. There ain't no condemnation to them. He said, right there, he said, I tell you, they were sitting right there on that arm, eating as hard as they go. They knew there wasn't nothing to it but a scarecrow. And he said, I think that's the way the old-fashioned Holy Ghost religion is. Why, brother, I don't care how many fanatics there are on the right or on the left. I'm going to stay on Calvary's road, and I'm going to keep eating of the powers of God and he sends them out to me and I'm going to keep rejoicing and I'm going to keep having a big old good time. Hallelujah. I believe that ought to be our attitude tonight. Amen. There might be birds sitting out there on a limb. Come on down. The patch is good. Amen. It's, it's been given to us. God has placed it here for our benefits. The Spirit of God has been placed here for our benefits. The joy of the Lord has been placed here for our benefits. Come on down. The patch is good. And there's no condemnation to them that believe. Hallelujah. He said, see what happens. God, Satan will put a scarecrow there. But let me say what, what a scarecrow is. A scarecrow is an object of baseless fear. It's an object of baseless fear. It's something that has no life trying to keep you from the life. Get some of you need to put your poofs back up. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's something with no life trying to keep you from life. Amen. That's what happens when, some, when a preacher's preaching a social gospel or psychology and, and trying to get you along those lines. What is it? Amen. They've never experienced that moment for themselves. Because if they had been in the patch, they'd know what the patch is all about. And they realize that ain't nothing but a scarecrow out there. 
Amen. Hey, Brother Branham said, I know there's fanaticism. Sure, there's people that, there's, there's some people that just blowing off steam. There's some people that's just running. I understand that. But behind all of that is a real kernel of God. Behind all of that, the Holy Ghost is coming on somebody. Behind all of that, the sick are being healed. Amen. Behind all of that, people are being delivered. You see how it is, he says, brother, you let something on the phenomenal side start and you watch every rogue hound in hell go to hollering. Amen, true. He said, I tell you, Peter preached a sermon on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls were saved. He said, the devil never even moved out of his bed. He said, oh, they're all right, let them alone. But when he passed the gate called Beautiful the next day and he healed a man crippled from his mother's womb, all hell turned loose on him. They throwed him in the jail, put him in prison, in inner cell. Why? Because of phenomenal. The devil said, I can't let this thing get started now. Divine healing, if they do, they'll knock my props out from under me. He said, I might fool around with a little, he said, you might fool around with a little theology once in a while, but I sure can't let them fool around with that real thing. They get a hold of that real thing and they realize who they are and and what they can do. He said, I'll lose everything that I ever gained. And I'm here to tell you, he has lost it all. Amen. See, he said he never stopped it then and he won't stop it now. Amen. God's gospel will move on. It doesn't matter how many critics rise up. It doesn't matter who says what or who denies it and says it ain't so. God's gospel is going to march right on. Amen. Somebody's going to carry it to the rapture. Somebody's going to eat of the patch. Amen. God's gospel will move on and on. When there's no more heavens, no more earth, the world, world will continue, the word will continue on. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. It can pass away. That word is just as immortal as God Himself. I know I read this Sunday, but I'm reading it again. He said, The same Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Ghost today. Amen. He said, I'll admit it. It's been tramped on. It's made fun of. It's been misinterpreted. It's been misrepresented. Everything else like that. That's only the devil's counterfeiting or scarecrow. Amen. But there is a real genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost that brings the same results they had on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. He said, sure, the devil's got his old crow bakes over there. I'll tell you the truth, but every time you see a scarecrow up, remember there's something good around. There's something good to be had. You don't see a scarecrow around old hedge apple somewhere. No, they're around the good, sweet trees. He said, the devil sticks every scarecrow around that good Holy Ghost religion that he can put there. Why? Because right behind it lays Jesus Christ, the resurrected son with the immortal power, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sure, there's fanatics. Sure, there's people. You know, but Brother Banner would make the statement. He says, you know, you're always pointing to people who go too far. He said, but you never point to those who don't go far enough. Why? Because the devil don't want you to go far enough. He knows if you go far enough, he's lost. (laughs) Amen. And he'll put scarecrows around churches. 
well, this is over here, and that, you know, there's a bunch of hypocrites there. Well, I got something for you. I'm going to bring this one out. Twelve reasons Christians don't attend sporting events. Number one, the coach never came to visit me. Number two, every time I went, they asked for money. <laughs> Number three, people sitting in my row wasn't friendly. <laughs> I know this is like, we took a left turn. All right, we're going somewhere. Number four, the seats ain't comfortable. Number five, the referees made a decision I didn't agree with. Number six, I'm sitting with hypocrites. They only come to see what everybody else is wearing. Number seven, some games went into overtime and I'm late getting home. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And number eight, the band played some songs I didn't agree with and I never heard before. Number nine, the games are scheduled on my only day to sleep in and run errands. Number 10, my parents took me too many games when I was growing up. Number 11, since I read the book on sports, I feel I know more than the coaches do anyhow. Number 12, I don't want to take my children because I want them to choose for themselves what sports they like best. And number 13, they didn't let me sing the national anthem. I made that one up myself. But you don't hear them things around a sporting event. But those same things are around the church. Scarecrows. And the devil, what's he trying to do? To get you from going far enough. So I'll bring up excuses of why this ain't good and that ain't good. I don't agree with the coach. I don't agree with this. I know more than this. I, they, made, they made decisions. I don't. What is it? It is scarecrows. Because he knows if you can get behind all of that, you're going to get to something he can't do nothing about. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord anyhow. Sure. You say, well, do you believe in speaking in tongues? He said, yes, sir, I believe in it. And this church believes in it. He said, did you ever speak in tongues? He said, yes, sir, I praise God for it too. Amen. I've spoken tongues several times. He said, I believe it's the power of God. Amen. Yes, I don't believe it's the initial evidence or the evidence of speaking in tongues, but I believe there's a power of God that makes you speak in tongues, signs and wonders to follow. But then the devil will put a scarecrow up there and say somebody, somebody that's mocked and acting like they have the Holy Ghost. And he said, then you pilgrim holiness and Nazarenes and all of you look about, oh, I don't want none of that. Oh, he said, oh, mercy. If you ever had the Holy Ghost or part of it down in your heart, sanctified like you're supposed to, you would recognize that to be the power of God. This is the bottom line because people have never drank, amen, of that well. But David had drank of it. He knew what was on the inside of there. He knew if I could just have another drink. I'm willing to look aside all, besides all this stuff. I'm not even worried. I want another drink. 
Amen. He said, when you realize, I don't know what's going on here. He said, if sanctification is part of the Holy Ghost that cleanses and sanctifies, you got that, you recognize the rest of it when it comes. This hand recognizes this hand. The head recognizes the foot of it being part of the body. And God said there's non-spiritual gifts, prophets, teachers, evangelists, so forth, interpretation of tongues, speaking in tongues, divine healing. It will recognize every bit of it if you've ever tasted of it. He said, just remember somebody back in the, in, the, in the interior somewhere is beating himself up and punishing himself, trying to appease a God somewhere. And we see some people go to church, supposed to be Christian, going out and living all kind of lives, not paying their debts, treating their neighbors, fussing and fighting, and still going to church. They're only impersonating a real genuine Holy Ghost article that's sitting there somewhere. What is a scarecrow? It's an impersonation. It's impersonating something that's real. But just because there's a fake don't mean there ain't somebody real. Just because somebody dances and they go out and they live whatever kind of life or they spoke in tongues and they lived on what, that doesn't mean there ain't somebody that's real. That dances and lives a godly life and, and, and jumps as high as they live. He said, I've seen... People jump up and down, speaking tongues like pouring peas on a dry cowhide. Walk right out, and it's dangerous to be around them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've seen them kind of people, too. He said, what does it mean? It means there's a real article somewhere. Amen. So don't let that scarecrow bother you. Amen. Amen. If that, give me another mic. If that scarecrow, that only means there's something good behind it. If there's a scarecrow, it only means there's something good behind it. A coward, he's always scared. He's running at every little thing. Amen. He would call it the hunter, in the hunter's language. He's spooked all the time. He's afraid of every little shadow. He said that's the way when a man who comes and professes he has faith and spooked at every little scarecrow the devil can put before him. He, I, he thinks, well, I'm not any better. I don't feel better than I did yesterday. What difference does it make? If there's real faith in your heart, God is going to keep his word and the, the scarecrows, the hurts and the aches and the pains and the shadows don't amount to anything just believe with all your heart it's yours there's nothing can take it away from you, it's yours it's a gift of God that he's given you the blessed assurance is what you ask for and he's able to perform it because he has promised it Hallelujah. So what happened with David when he came to, to the battle that day? There's this great, big, prehistoric giant called Goliath. Sister Lana mentioned that quote in her, in her testimony about Brother Brown. I think it was the greatest battle ever fought. I believe it was. But he said, he said, there that Goliath is there to try to scare the liver out of you. Trying to scare you, to bluff you. Sunday night, Brother Josh Bennett uh, had a youth, some youth weekend and banquet and things. And Sunday night, the Lord really moved. And, and there was this young girl came down under the influence of a demon. So they had to end up fighting their way out the back door or to get her out the back to a back room so he could deal with her privately. So that thing would laugh and make fun. He said he was trying to get his bluff in on me. 
He was trying to make me back up and to say, well, it's going to be okay. He said, but I wasn't going to do that. Amen. Amen. That's what the devil is. He's a bluff. And listen, when, they, when you see those things happen and something like that begins to speak out, understand that's a scarecrow. That's a scare tactic. That's all he's got. He's trying to scare you. He's trying to, amen, to make you back up for a moment and say, whoa, what is that? That ain't the time to back up. That's the time to go forward. Amen, because he's exposed himself. He showed who he really is, and he knows he don't have any power. So all he's trying to do is out-argue or laugh at you, mock at you, make fun of you, whatever he can do to make you lay your weapon down. But if you keep that word of God before you, he has no power. He dealt with that thing for over an hour until he could get to the bottom of it. He said, I, I wouldn't. He said, I'd tell the devil, devil, I'm not even here to speak to you. You're an offense to me. I'm not even going to talk to you. I'm talking to sister so-and-so. I bind you in Jesus' name until he could bind it to where she could talk. And then the devil had to come out. And they got victory over that thing. Amen. Listen, there's victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's victory over every devil. There's victory over every sin. There's victory over every spirit that wants to hold around your doors and scratch at your windows. I know he's been back since the meetings and he's been scratching and saying, I'm still here. No, he's just a scarecrow. Hallelujah. He knows he can't get in there. Hallelujah. Because there's a strong man in the house. And when he's in the house, death has to flee. When he has to, when he's in the house, all these things have to bow down at the name of Jesus Christ. He's just a scarecrow. And this is Goliath. He was trying to get his bluff, and he kept that bluff for 40 days. He'd come out and make his challenge. Let a man come from your army. Let him come and fight me. He whips me. We'll serve you. First off, the devil's a liar. Amen. How the devil likes to do that when he thinks he's got the upper hand. <laughs> so if there's any man in the whole army that was physically able in any way to match him was Saul. But the first place he was trained warrior. Another thing, he was a big tall man, big shoulders, athletical kind of fellow. He says, well trained, a trainer of men. If anyone should have accepted a challenge, it should have been him. But he was as yellow as a pumpkin. He was afraid to go and match spears with this Philistine. But one day this giant come out and made his challenge and it was a different set of ears in the camp. He turned and realized that's nothing but a scarecrow. That's nothing but an illegitimate scarecrow, an uncircumcised Philistine. He ain't got no right in this land. What's he doing in our patch? This is our patch. This is what God gave me. This is my promises. He can't stand there. I'm a son of Abraham, and I'm going to take his head off. Big John making his challenge. He, made it, he said he made it once too often. <laughs> Hallelujah. This, that's why I love that. You know, that devil's going to stay around one service too long. That's what happened on a Sunday morning. It was a cancer demon kept hanging around. He stayed around one service too long. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, here comes a little boy 
who didn't know nothing about the training of a spear or how to fight in an army, but he had an experience with a living God. And that living experience that he previously had with a living God raised up in him when he seen right and wrong in conflict. He said, when you, rather, when you know whether it's right or not, you look to your objective and you see whether it's right or wrong. And whether it's right, whether well, we should pray for the sick or not, it's right. Let's go forward. And he says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, receive them and you shall have them. He said, but David had been in personal contact with a living God. And when he had been in personal contact with him, he could recognize a scarecrow when he saw him. Amen. He said, this is what I'm trying to say. When you see God's great power demonstrate, how many have seen that? It ought to rise in you an unadulterated faith to take God at his word and believe what God said God will do. So many saw all the others trained in theology, doctors of divinity and psychology, but never had an experience of putting faith to the real test. So there's many fine trained ministers today in pulpits, out in schools, doctors and so forth, well trained, better trained than many of men who's making challenges, but they've never had an experience to see the real true God move. The only way, that's the only, he said, the only know it from a way of training. Saul represented it well. The church represents it. And Saul, he said, if a man, man ought to be able to go out and challenge the devil against his evils, is a man who's a great school teacher of the Bible, knows the doctrines, knows how to speak, but he wasn't able. He was afraid. But this little young boy comes walking up. But he was not just a boy. He was a boy with an experience. He had been on the backside of the desert. He knew what God could do. I didn't even know Sunday that we'd received emails saying that our, our, our meetings was just another, wasn't nothing to it. I want to know how they know because they wasn't here. Well, I seen it on the, on the stream. Listen, streaming. It's just, it's just what it is. It's streaming. I mean, how many, how many here had to stay home and stream? Anybody? There are a lot of people here. Had to stay. Is it the same as being in here? Not even close. It's, it's a tool, and the devil likes to turn it and, and make it into something that it wasn't meant to be. Just like anything else, I mean, you know, uh, these things here are tools, all kind of, but the devil wants to try to take whatever it is, piano, speakers, TV, whatever. Brother Brown talked about how it could have been used for good, but the devil perverted it. And this is what the internet is. You know, the devil, he can take it and he can turn it to where people can just look at something, ah, there's a bunch of this, that, and they wasn't even there. And this is, this is Saul, you know, he's standing there and he's saying to David, well, you need this and you need that. And David says, hold up, I, that is not going to work for me because I've been there and I don't need that. My, my faith ain't in your theology and what you think or what you think this is. My faith is in what I've experienced. 
Hey man, David has experienced the bear. He experienced the lion and the Goliath. And he knew if God could take care of a bear with a stone and he could take care of a lion with a stone, and he can take care of Goliath. He wasn't worried about it because why? He hadn't experienced. He had experienced it. And once you've experienced the goodness of God, it should never matter to you anymore what somebody says. Go ahead. Say what you want to say. Call us what you want to call us. I know what this is. I've been here. I know. He had an experience. Been born again by the Holy Ghost. And able to challenge the devil in the midst of the darkness to show, to show down on the word. Certainly, he said, if men like that and women like that make that challenge and get something from God, many times they'll sit in a meeting and say, this is Dr. So-and-so. I've been ill for some time. And then see some little un- old, unconcerned, maybe color woman who maybe don't even know their ABCs be healed of cancer sitting right beside them. God wants somebody that will believe it when he comes by. Amen. You know, ABC, always believe Christ. Brother Donnie said it like this, accept it, amen, believe it, and confess it. It's ABCs. It's something simple. He said the ones who laughed at Noah's rain coming, the rain drowned the wicked and saved Noah, the same spirit today that the world calls fanaticism is the same kind of a devil's name that's been tacked to the church saying they're a bunch of illiterate holy rollers. He said, I've sailed the seven seas and traveled every nation on near earth nearly and I've never seen a holy roller. There's no such a thing. It's a name the devil has tacked on the church of the living God. Only a scarecrow. So if you want to use the devil's language, go right ahead and use his language. But as far as we are concerned, there's no such a thing. Amen. He said, where do you put a scarecrow on a sour apple tree? No, let the birds have it. But the scarecrow is on the good tree that's valuable. And God has a tree that's valuable. God has a Holy Ghost that's valuable. God has a spirit in his church that's valuable. God has true worshipers that's valuable. God has true musicians that's valuable. Hallelujah. And we ain't got to be ashamed of none of it. And we're not going to be ashamed of any of it. Why? Because this is nothing but the devil's language and a scarecrow he's trying to put on his people. He said it's valuable because in this here stands the resurrected son, stands in our midst in the power of the Holy Spirit to do and perform that which he did when he was here on earth. Check. Hallelujah. He goes on. There's another, another time of telling about them birds. He says, oh, what's the matter with them? There's plenty of strawberries. So what's the matter, fellas? That's the way some of them do They'll back, back, way back, say, well, I don't believe in that Holy Ghost, that, that kind of religion. Some, some will come up and say, well, I believe in a good sanctified life, but I don't believe in divine healing. He said, they'll get right down to the borderline, but they're afraid of the scarecrow. That's just about where Pentecost has come now. You're afraid of the scarecrow. He said, well, brother, a scarecrow is a meal ticket. Just get in behind that scarecrow and go to eating. 
<laughs> That's all you have to do if you see all kind of false isms. And he said, well, I said the other night, and all these isms will soon come. Wasism, he said, they're, don't worry about them, but God's word is true. There's, when there's no more heaven and earth, it'll still be true. But he said, there's no condemnation to them that's sitting in the patch eating strawberries. Brother, we're just sitting here, big, healthy birds, just pecking away as hard as we could because they wasn't cared about. They didn't care about the scarecrow. They was eating strawberries just the same. That's what we should do. When you see all these things, you get everybody talking so well, and the church gets classical. Big fellow said, "Well, we just we need to take them from this to that, and we need to be careful that we don't get fanaticism. We don't get this. There's something wrong." He said, "I like to get where somebody is criticized and made fun of." Hello, somebody. He said, "I like to be where somebody is criticized and made fun of." So I'd say he'd like to be in this church. Hallelujah, examine it over, see what it's all about. He said, what is it? It's a dinner bell. It's a sign, go to eating. Go to drinking in and pushing out and watch what God will do. He said, they don't go to a club and knock off them old naughty, drawed up, sour apples, days of miracles are past. There's nothing, there's no club. They ain't gonna worry about that. He said, I was thinking... He says, I was thinking about this. He said, I, I've never been able, never tried to explain to these people these things. It's beyond explaining. He said, you only confuse people's mind. But notice, he said, I'll say this. Don't be afraid. Death is just a scarecrow trying to keep you away from something that's wonderful. It's glorious. It's beyond anything that you could think of. No wonder the Bible said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has entered into the hearts of men what God has for them in store that love him. Oh, just to look past the curtain of time. He said, I've tried harder than ever before in my life to try to win people to Christ since that moment. You can't afford to miss it. Don't do it. Don't let death stop you. Don't let the scarecrow stop you. He says, well, another place, he says, he says, listen, he says, justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, signs, wonders, different things, the gifts that have returned to the church, such as divine healing, prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretations, and though it be mis misrepresented, but yet that don't take it away. There is a good one. There is a true, genuine gift of speaking in tongues. That's always supposed to be in the church. So we have a lot of impersonation. We have people get up and try to act like Christians. Their lives don't compare. Something wrong. Jesus said, by their fruits you'll know them. That's how you know a Christian, how he lives. Never, how they, never jump any higher than you live. But that don't mean you can't jump as high as you live. Amen. And a devil, it's just a devil making a scarecrow to keep a real, genuine believer away from the truth of it. He said, God, help us to separate and be able to discern between right and wrong. Amen. What was it? As, as, the, prom, as the children of Israel went across over, amen, to go into the, uh, into the promised land, what happened? There were scarecrows. Walls. Ended up realizing later that there wasn't nothing to them walls. They fell at a shout. 
They moved out of the way. Them giants that they thought was so, we're grasshoppers. Who told them that? I always, I've thought about that. I mean, who told them we're grasshoppers in their sight? I have a hard time imagining, maybe they did, but I have a hard time imagining that these giants of Anak walked over there to those spies that were walking through. Hey, you're spies, ain't you? Well, I thought, you're a grasshopper. No, it was in their minds. It was a scarecrow. And they began to build something that wasn't even real or wasn't even needing worthy, worthy, worry, worthy. Didn't even need to worry about it, but they had built it all up in their mind. And that's how we do about things in church. Things are going on around. We get things in our minds and it gets a bit. I know I had to deal with it today. But it's scarecrows. It's a devil trying to rob us from a blessing. How many times has he done it on their way to church? Maybe right even tonight, just try to build something, some little funny feeling or something. What is it? It's a scarecrow trying to keep you from a blessing. But when you realize that thing's coming around, you need to realize right where he's at is where I need to start eating. There's a blessing for me. There's God has something for me. I'm going to dig in. Here they are. They become back so scared of what was there. They're bigger, they're giants, they're walled in, impossible for us to take them. He said, here he'd sent 10 spies and eight uh, uh, or 12 spies and 10 came back with a bad report. And he says, here, here the church is today, the same moment. You say, is that a promise of the Holy Ghost? Peter said, repent and be baptized. He said, but the church will stay there and say, it's too hard. We can't do it. He said, we can. It's harvest time. That's when the scarecrows come out. Harvest time. Right at the moment when the fruit's about to drop, scarecrow comes out. Right at the moment you're about to receive something from God, a scarecrow comes out. It says, you can't have that. That's not for you. That belongs, that's just somebody else's service. Right at harvest time. But he said, I can see Joshua and Caleb with their shoulders pulled back, marching down through there, singing the songs of Jubilee. They had evidence. They had grapes. It took two men to pack them. Joshua and Caleb, oh, it can be done. They said it can't be done. Joshua said, yeah, stop it. It can be done. Certainly, that's nothing but a bunch of scarecrows over there. God's done gave us the word. We can do it. Amen, but we got to turn our eyes away from them and begin to look what's under it, what's behind it, what's it, what's it trying to keep me from. It's trying to keep me from something. This is amazing right here. I, I hadn't heard this story until yesterday. I don't know. Maybe I've heard it and just passed me on by, but this, Brother Brandon, I'm talking about this woman who was in the hospital. She had given birth. And had some kind of blood poison after the birth of the baby. She'd married a Catholic boy. The boy believed on the Lord. And his baby, one of the, his first babies had been healed in one of, our, one of our prayers. And so they was wondering to call. His mama-in-law was a Catholic too. And so they was calling the priest in. Said I, she said, the mother said, I want the priest to come in and anoint her for death. And about that time I walked up. 
Here was a doctor in it too, and I hear I was going to anoint her for life, and here he's going to anoint her for death, and a doctor standing there ready to whip both of us. I said, what a picture. And I said, now, if she, he's going to anoint her for death, it's no use of me anointing for life. We're getting all mixed up here. And he said, well, the doctor said, well, the grandmother, two grandmothers just fussing about it. And I said, well, won't you let the father make the decision? And the father said, look, Brother Branham prayed for my baby. And I believe if he goes in and prays for her, let him go in. So all of them stepped back, and the doctor gave me room, and the boy went in with me. The woman was unconscious. I knelt down to pray. While I was standing there praying, just as humble as you would pray for anybody, someone knocked at the door, and the boy got up and went to the door and was out there. I stayed there praying. Here they done give her up to die. They was going to do something. And the boy stepped out and said, I prayed about 10 minutes. I raised up, and I said, Lord, don't let this poor little mother die. And off the floor, I came as I was praying. I wiped my eyes and I looked. And there this woman, I seen her standing at home, looking at her little baby going like that and walking around making dinner. And I looked at her for a little bit. He said, oh, what a feeling. He said, the vision left. And I walked out the door kind of smiling, my overcoat, my arm. There stood the father and all them, the priest and the doctor and all them standing there. And the husband said, Brother Branham, you have any news? I said, yes, sir. I have some good news for you. Thus saith the Lord, your wife is going home well. There she's now. She's going to get worse before the night's over. They're going to put a pull motor, which is a, a ventilator on her, and she's going to go down so low, but she's going to come out of it, and by this time tomorrow night, she'll be home. And he began to rejoice. Could you imagine? He began to rejoice. And the priest shook his head and looked at the doctor. The doctor looked and shook his head like he'd gone crazy. And I looked at them till they passed on by. And the father boy said, look, son, there's enough of this nonsense. He said, why are you so happy about your boy? girls and they're dying? He said, look, daddy. He said, I took my baby over to Brother Branham. He prayed for it. And I took it over there four or five times. It never did get healed. It had club feet. He said, but one day I took it over there. And while sitting in the room, Brother Branham told me within 24 hours, my baby baby's feet would be straightened and the next morning the wife and I jumped up at the same time run to the cradle and both feet were just as straight as they could be and said if brother Branham said thus saith the Lord my wife is going home in 24 hours goodbye I'm going home to straighten up the house and get it ready hallelujah there wasn't a scarecrow going to stop him He looked beyond the scarecrow and he heard a promise and if God could do it for that person, he can do it for me. Goodbye. I'm going to get my stuff ready to receive a promise. Some of you tonight need to tell that devil goodbye. I'm going home. I'm going to go home and I'm going to get myself ready to receive a promise. Hey man, it's time. This is going to be a moment when all these critics and stuff are going to be raising their mouth and saying all kinds of things. We're going to say goodbye. I'm out of here. I'm going to a home that's been prepared for me before the foundation of the world where there ain't no more scarecrows. There ain't no more critics. There ain't no more doubters. There ain't no more unbelief. Goodbye, world. Goodbye. Is there anybody here tonight that wants to tell the devil goodbye? 
of your nonsense. I'm tired of you keeping you away from the presence of God. I'm tired of that old depression hanging on me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Goodbye, devil. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, Christians. You ain't at a ball game tonight. You're in front of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's got the power this morning or this evening to heal every person in this building. In just a moment, it can all be over with. If I was you, I'd go to eating right now. I'd go to drinking in the spirit of God. I'd say, God, I need another touch. I'm tired of letting a scarecrow keep me from the blessings of God. This is my patch. Goodbye, devil. This is my house. Goodbye, devil. This is my place. Goodbye, devil. And in 24 hours, she was home. And been there ever since. That's been two years ago. He said, I'd rather be a fanatic to the world and be right with God. Hallelujah. I'd rather know I'm right with God. Hallelujah. You can be seated. He's already done it, and he always will move. As long as there's a world, listen to these. As long as there's a world, there'll be a supernatural God. Hello, somebody. Goodbye, psychology. There'll be a supernatural God that will control things. He will always have somebody he can put his hands on. He's got a church tonight made up around the world. He's got a lot of things about it. It's got to be ironed out, he says. I can't iron them out. I couldn't iron Brother Brother Tim's got this saying, you know, you travel around, you hear about this false doctrine, this fanaticism, this nonsense. They got them. I can't iron them all up. I'm out. There ain't a man who can. Brother Tim would say, the further we go, the behinder we get. It seems that way sometimes. Seems like the more you push and the more you go, and the devil's always there to try to come against the work or try to bring false doctrine to confusion. He said, I can't iron it all out. No other man can do it. That's God's business. And he will take care of it. It's not in the hands of man to do it. No matter how many man-made programs we rise up, raise up, they'll everyone fall just as sure as you raise them up. But God himself will set up his program, and his program is Jesus Christ. As far as I know, it's to be baptized in Christ and be led by the Holy Spirit, free from condemnation. Hallelujah. He said, I know it sounds rough, sounds like fanaticism, but so many people are so afraid of fanaticism, you miss the real thing. Hello. Did you always realize that scarecrows are put up around a good apple tree? What's a scarecrow is? What's it there for? To scare you away from the real thing. Move on around it. Way on back there is a real genuine Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost-filled believers, signs and wonders in their midst, vindications of a supernatural God in a supernatural people doing supernatural things. 
Hallelujah. The king in the camp. That's what made the difference between Israel and Moab. That was the difference. He said when the great shepherd, this is Brother Brother Wayne brought this out at the end of his service. And it's worth reading again. I, I think we ought to read it nearly every day. He said when the great shepherd was smitten, the great sheep prophet, when he was smitten back there, he said, it is finished. And as soon as the shepherd was smitten, it was over. Sin is settled. There was no more sin. They were clean. The penalty was paid. The believers whose name were written in the book of life predestinated from the foundation of the world. It was finished the very minute Jesus said it was finished. Your sickness was finished when he said it was finished. Hallelujah. It was finished. God's right hand was pulled from his bosom, smitten. And on that Easter return, raised it up again in his bosom, extended it down to you and I in the form of his word to redeem us back to the original garden from which sin took us from. The hidden secret of his great heart was revealed by a prophet shepherd. It was revealed by a shepherd. He said, no wonder the mountains jumped and shouted on that day. No wonder the sun hid his face and screamed for joy. No wonder all nation broke loose and winds shook the trees until they shook and shook and joyed and jumped. They seen the prophet shepherd on the mountain redeem every name in the book of life. And in that nature saw it was also redeemed. And so nature screamed and nature shouted and the world went into an earthquake and the mountains was rent and the rocks fell out and the sun went down. Everything taking place like any meeting. Like any meeting when the, when the, shepherd, when the shepherd reveals to you, it's finished. Amen. Hallelujah. I was watching some of that today. Again, watching that Sunday morning, Brother Wayne preaching on that, watching how all that unfolded on that tambourine. You go watch it. I, I went, I looked at Brother Aaron, I said, hand it to him. Brother Aaron handed it to me. I said, what you handed it to me for? I'm not Miriam. <laughs> He's asking for a woman. I'm not that. <laughs> and so I went to hand it to Brother Wayne. Brother Wayne grabbed it. He said, no, you need that. I said, I'm not taking this tambourine around this church. <laughs> and Brother Joe back there, you know, his little mighty mouth self said, go ahead, Miriam. I heard you. <laughs> no, this ain't Miriam. But I knew there was a Miriam in the building. I knew somebody was about to be revealed to them. It is finished. What's what happened to Miriam there on the shores of the Red Sea? She realized it's finished. My days of slavery are over. My days having to do what that old taskmaster said is finished. It's over with. And I'm looking at I'm like, what am I going to do with this thing? And I look up and I go eyeball to eyeball with my wife. And it's like she said, give me that thing. And here she come and you see it played out. I gave it to her. And I'm here to declare it's finished. Hallelujah. She had a rash around her neck. It's finished. She had high blood pressure. It's finished. Emotional things. It's finished. Hallelujah. And when you realize 
That scarecrow can't keep you from it. He's already said it. It's finished. It's over with. Hallelujah. Amen. Something will take place on the inside of you. Amen. We've seen young people this weekend that realize my rebellion is finished. Hallelujah. My things that I've been holding against my parents, it's over with. I know you scarecrows want to criticize, but that's what was going on. It was a young girl by the name of Abigail realized my fear is finished. And the testimony is tonight, she's not the same girl. Hallelujah. I can just imagine Abigail in the Bible. Amen. When David, she saw David coming over that hill. She realized these Philistines, it's finished. These people that's got me bound there, time is over. <laughs> You're done. You're done. Goodbye. Goodbye. There comes the captain of my host, the Lord's host. He's coming over the hill. And I want you to know something tonight, even in Light Tabernacle, the captain of the Lord's host is in the building. And he is saying to you tonight, it's finished. It's finished. Freedom has been released. And there ain't a devil that can make you take it back. Hallelujah. I wonder how many tonight it was just saying with the, with the same unction as the Holy Spirit is saying, it's finished. It's done. Goodbye, devil. I'm not going home with you. He said, I've seen jumping spells. I've seen joy spells. And there wasn't nobody hurt. The mountains rung out. The sun went down. But nobody was hurt. He said, I've seen meetings where the power of God was revealed to the people that they were free from the world and the things of the world. And the joy of the Lord filled the congregation. They stood. They screamed. They cried. They shouted at the top of their voice. For the glory of God, and I never did see anything disorderly. It was always right in order because they had recognized my name is written on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. And it showed the devil's tie is finished. And if you can see the devil tonight, he's trying to get everything he can in hell to close that book again. But it can't do it. It's been opened by a mighty angel. And it released the freedom. It released us liberty. Hallelujah. It released the joy of the Lord. That'll conquer depression. That'll conquer nerves. Some of you need to tell your nervous spirit tonight, I'm finished with you. Goodbye. I'm not taking you home. You'll not rule my house. This is a tabernacle of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. They screamed, they cried, they shouted at the top of their voice. I never did see anything disorderly. And I'll say that again about this meeting. I never did see anything disorderly. How many witnesses? I think God orchestrating things service after service after service, freedom being released. <laughs> it was this chief shepherd saying, it's finished. 
Your time of being barren is finished. Come on, church of the living God. Your time of being a barren person is finished. There's fruits for you to bear. There's a place in the kingdom of God for you. There's a place that you can go and you can be who God called you to be. Let's bow our heads. Hallelujah. No matter what the other ecclesiastical realm says about it, they knew what happened. I wonder how many knows what took place in your life. Maybe just raise it up as a testimony. I know what took place in my life. I know what I've experienced. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we thank you, Father, for these things. Thank you, Lord. We ain't got to be spooked and worried about some scarecrows. Lord, we can be a free people to worship you and to give you glory and to give you honor and to give you praise. And Lord, may our voices begin to lift up and just worship you, Lord, and just thank you. Now, you raised your hands to say, I know what I took place. Now, I want you to raise your voice. And just give him thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and thank him for all that he's done. You saved my son. You saved my daughter. You've already taken care of the things on my list. God didn't he reveal to me I'm on your list my enemy is your enemy what I'm going through you know about it thank you Jesus hallelujah I'm not taking back what the devil's trying to give me I, I'm going to stand I'm not taking that old scarecrow back I, I want to stand on the promise thank you Jesus oh just raise your voices to him it's your king. It's your God. Just worship him for a moment. I mean, how many, how many was healed in these meetings? How many was filled with the Holy Ghost in these meetings? How many was delivered of evil spirits in these meetings? Oh, we got something to praise him for, to glorify him and thank him. Thank you, Jesus. I am so blessed. I'm so blessed by you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, it's more than the screaming and the crying and the shouting and all that. I understand. Oh, but why don't you just give him thanks? Thank you, Jesus. Wash his feet for a moment. Just say, Lord, thank you for coming every service. Thank you for being here when I have needs. Thank you for ministering to me, directing a minister to minister exactly what I have need of, service after service after service, time after time after time. I met Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Father, we pray. Yeah. 